0: This episode is brought to you by Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill is an easy-to-use mobile and web solution that truly simplifies the way you do medical billing. Join over 1,500 physicians already using our billing software to save time, boost productivity, and earn more. Visit drbill.ca. That's dr-bill.ca for more information. have been in the news a whole lot lately. These electronic devices that are used to vape nicotine and other products such as cannabis supposedly provide a way of inhaling these substances without the smoke and with less of the added chemicals that accompany tobacco use. But a current epidemic of pulmonary illnesses linked to vaping is demonstrating to everyone that the safety and long-term health effects of e-cigarettes are still very uncertain. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for the Canadian Medical Association Journal. Today, I'm speaking with one of the authors of a practice article on e-cigarettes published in CMAJ. Dr. Mehdi Alouche is a third-year resident in public health and preventive medicine, including family medicine, at McMaster University. He is also doing a master's in epidemiology at McGill University. Dr. Alush, welcome. Hello. Let's start with who's using e-cigarettes. What are the current rates of use and uptake among different age groups in Canada? And how has this been changing over time? Um,
1: Looking at available survey data in 2017, 15% of Canadian 15 years of age and older, in other words, 4.6 million individuals had reported having an e-cigarette. This is a significant increase since 2013 when the rate was only 8%. 19% of users were male and 12 were female. The prevalence of ever-trying vaping was the highest among youth and young adults. Um, the latest Canadian student tobacco alcohol and drugs survey in 2017 indicated that 23% of students in grades 7 to 12 have tried e-cigarettes. Also, there is a 30% increase in vaping each year among students in grades 10 to 12 between the 2014, 2015, and 2016, 2017 school year. Recently, a published study by Hammond and colleagues compared the vaping rates between 2017 and 2018. They showed 74% increase in prevalence of vaping among adolescents aged 16 to 19 years, just in one year. Uh, This study also showed 70% increase in the regular use of e-cigarettes among these kids. So adolescents are using e-cigarettes more and more frequently. The study had another worrisome findings um, in the same 2017 to 2018 time period, cigarette smoking among young people, increased by 45% after a long time continuing decline in youth cigarette smoking.
0: There have been some quite recent changes to vaping in Canada. Can you talk about those changes?
1: Looking back, two major changes happened in Canada, which changed the landscape of vaping. The first one was the re- less regulatory restriction on the vaping market by adopting bill s5 which legalized e-cigarettes containing nicotine and permitted greater advertising of vaping products the second change was the introduction of new cigarette technology Um, this nicotine salt technology delivers much higher concentration of nicotine than conventional e-cigarettes Um, Joule is one of the e-cigarette brands, which has a nicotine concentration more than 50 milligrams per milliliter, which, while um, a typical e-cigarette has 3 to 24 milligrams of nicotine concentration. Uh, This new technology facilitates deeper inhalation of high amount of nicotine, while the conventional e-cigarettes. With higher nicotine concentration produces a bitter sensation in the mouth and throat, but the new technology um, generates a vapor which reduces this negative effect. So nowadays, more use and young adults are using e-cigarettes containing nicotine, and they use it more frequently, which is worrisome.
0: It is worrisome. So these trends not only show the, the rise in e-cigarette use among youth, but also very recently, as you said, the rise in cigarette smoking after a long period of decline. So then are e-cigarettes a gateway to the initiation and ongoing use of regular tobacco cigarettes? What does the evidence say about that? Uh, there
1: is growing evidence supporting an association between cigarette smoking and vaping, prospective large cohort of studies showing that non-smoking youth who vape have a higher risk of future smoking. The Compass study is an ongoing cohort of study that collects longitudinal study from a sample of um, school students, grade 9 to 12 in Ontario and Alberta. This study assessed e-cigarette use in 2013-2014 among 44,000 students, and one year later in 2014-2015 among 41,000 students. The prevalence of past 30-day e-cigarette use among the students increased from 7% at baseline to 10% at follow-up. The students who reported vaping at baseline were significantly more likely to initiate smoking at follow-up with an adjusted um, odds ratio of 2.12. Also, vaping was associated with cigarette smoking in dose-response fashion. Non-smoking use reported e-cigarette use in the past 30 days at baseline were more likely to initiate cigarette smoking and more likely to report daily smoking at follow-up even after adjustment for a range of baseline factors. There are similar findings from elsewhere, including the UK. For for example, in a longitudinal survey of UK use age 11 to 18 years, uh, there was a direct effect of having ever used e-cigarette on smoking initiation. Um, Also, individuals who had ever raped and escalated the e-cigarette use were more likely to initiate smoking. Um, in several cohort of studies, when number needed to harm was calculated, we found that for every six non-smoker using e-cigarette, one of them will initiate cigarette smoking. Eventually, it is not clear the extent to which this association is causal. Um, several studies have adjusted for many factors and have found that the association with e-cigarettes use still persists. At the individual level, it seems that e-cigarettes most probably um, is related to smoking cessation causally because vaping provides early exposure to nicotine and environmental risk factors such as greater exposure to smokers and certain social norms, etc.
0: I'm familiar with many of these studies that you're referring to, and while being observational, they can't directly show causality, I do recall that some of them actually adjusted for likelihood to initiate cigarette smoking based on validated models, and I I recall that even among the the people least likely to initiate smoking among these youth, e-cigarettes still Were associated with smoking. So that's certainly some concerning uh, data as well that you bring up, Dr. Alouche. Now, on the other side, we have people who are using e-cigarettes to help them quit smoking. What does the evidence say about the ability of e-cigarettes to be a smoking cessation tool?
1: well uh, this continues to be a controversial issue evidence about the effectiveness of e cigarettes for smoking cessation for randomized trial has been mixed but the result of a recent rct by hadrick and colleagues funded by the national institute for health research and cancer research in uk provided some of the strongest evidence to date supporting e cigarettes efficacy as a smoking cessation tool in that study a total of about 900 participants were randomly assigned to either nicotine replacement therapy or an e-cigarette with 18 milligram nicotine per milliliter. The one-year abstinence rate was 18% in the e-cigarette group versus 10% in the nicotine replacement group. This provides strong evidence um, that e-cigarette is an effective cessation tool.
0: What important considerations then do we have to have when trying to apply e-cigarettes for smoking cessation?
1: There are several important considerations. First of all, the evidence of effectiveness must be balanced against the overall safety of e-cigarettes. At this point, there is a lack of information on the long and short-term effects um, of e-cigarettes. A second consideration is that uh, the nicotine concentrations in e-cigarette differs globally. For instance, um, concentration of nicotine in vaping products in Canada is higher than in the UK. So the UK results may not apply to Canada. The third consideration is that vaping products are not regulated products and none of them approve for smoking cessation. As a result, defining which device should we use for smoking cessation, which liquid, with which concentration, and how are unanswered questions. And last consideration is that e-cigarettes may not be appropriate for all populations, such as pregnant women. A study in U.S. indicates that the use of e-cigarettes did not improve smoking cessation outcome among pregnant women. Looking at the Hajek study, we see that pregnant women were not included in that study. So e-cigarettes is an additional tool for smoking cessation, but it should not be the first-line option. Nicotine replacement therapy, along with counseling, should be tried first. If this fails, e cigarette could be used to assist with further attempts, and then attempts should be made to quit e-cigarettes.
0: Uh, perhaps we should also mention other pharmacotherapy for smoking cessation. We have uh, two prescription drugs approved for for that purpose in Canada, bupropion varenicline. And to my knowledge, neither of those have been studied in comparison to e-cigarettes in any clinical trial. Would you uh, agree, Dr. Alouche, that those options should also be explored before anyone would uh, go to recommend e-cigarettes for smoking cessation?
1: Um yeah definitely um that's a reasonable option to go with first
0: All right, so let's come now to the health risks of e-cigarettes. We've talked uh, already about the fact that nicotine is highly addictive and the the consequences we're seeing of that. But we've also been hearing a lot, especially lately, about these cases of acute vaping-related lung illnesses, mostly in the United States but a couple in Canada, sometimes with devastating consequences, including uh, at least at last count 18 deaths of e-cigarette users, What do experts know about these illnesses at this point? What can you tell us about that?
1: Uh, Well, uh, what we know about this acute vaping-related lung injury outbreak is that as October 1st, uh, 1,080 lung injury cases associated with using e-cigarette have been reported to CDC. From 48 states and one territory, two cases have been reported in Canada until this moment, we know there has been 18 deaths related to e-cigarette use in multiple U.S. states. No deaths in Canada. We know that most of these patients are male and under 35 years old, and 16% of the patients are kids under 18 years old. This vaping-related lung injury is a heterogeneous collection of toxic inhalation pneumonitis. This is a chemically induce injury to the lung parenchyma and upper respiratory tract the manifestations of such injury depends on the characteristics and amount of the toxin until the present time the specific chemical exposure causing this epidemic is not clear no single products or substance has been linked to all cases this become more complex in the context of a dying dynamic market, which changes quickly, have a mix of ingredients, potentially illicit substances, complex packaging, and complex supply chain. Many of the products can be modified to suppliers or users. And they can be obtained from online retailers, friends, family, on the street. So we do not know what exactly is in e-cigarettes, and probably many users do not know. although there are some clues about 80% of those who experience vaping-related lung injury have used both nicotine and THC or CBD products. We do not know the effect of adding ingredients like THC or CBD to primary compounds. Um, E-cigarettes contains at least six potential toxic substances such as organic compounds, benzene, Particles, toxic elements related to flavors, mixing of multiple ingredients with primary compounds may result in production of of toxic agents. Um, We need more information to define the exact cause of this epidemic. And now in Ontario, all public uh, hospitals are required to provide the chief medical officer of health with statistical non-identifying information related to incidences of bacon-related pulmonary disease. While this this investigation is going, CDC recommends that people consider refraining from using e-cigarettes, particularly those containing THC.
0: Other provinces as well uh, as Ontario are are doing the same, I think. So this epidemic, as you've described, is Uh, associated with uh, short-term development of of illness after use of vaping products. But for a long time, we've wondered about the long-term risks of of vaping, analogous to the long-term trajectory we see before we see consequences of tobacco smoking. What do we know today about the potential long-term risks of of using e-cigarettes?
1: The long-term effects of e-cigarettes are not It takes years to see the consequences at a population level, but evidence shows that aerosol from e-cigarettes can increase symptoms of respiratory disease and can affect multiple aspects of lung, physiology, and immune function. Um, These have been shown in human, animal, and in vitro studies. Also. It has been suggested that nicotine exposure from vaping can cause developmental effects, which probably have implication for cognition and mood among many.
0: So how did we get into this situation where we now have uh, everyone worried about these, this epidemic, about long-term potential health risks, and we see this, this epidemic of uh, increasing uptake of, of vaping among our youth? What have governments been doing all this time, both here in Canada and elsewhere, about regulating e-cigarettes?
1: Um, recently, Hammond and colleagues reported a result of an interesting comparative study in Canada, United States, and UK. Uh, this is a series of multinational cross-sectional surveys of youth 16 to 19 years old. Um, these surveys show that the prevalence of recent and regular vaping increased between 2017 and 2018 in Canada and United States, but not in the UK. To understand this finding, we should know that England has introduced a ban on e-cigarette marketing and limits on nicotine concentration into 20 milligrams per milliliter. So jewel pods in UK have different um, concentration of nicotine, probably about half of nicotine concentration of Canadian products. So they are less addictive. They may actually provide us with the reason why the UK did not experience an increase in vaping among youth, while Canada and US did. Also in UK, mass media campaigns promote vaping for smoking cessation in, in adults, um, and they are substantially different from what we see here in Canada. Um, to address vaping issues, some countries like Brazil and Australia treat e-cigarette-like medicines and do not permit them on the consumer market. Countries like UK, limit the strengths of nicotine. Most countries uh, which do permit e-cigarette sales do not permit the range of advertisement that we have currently in Canada. Taxation on vaping products also has been used to mitigate the negative effect of vaping and use. Um, Research has shown that fruit flavors were most popular among younger users. We know that all of these flavors, mango, cucumber, etc., has been used to attract use, And there is evidence that banning flavor tobacco can be an effective measure to reduce uptake. This has not been implemented in Canada yet. Obviously, current measures to prevent use vaping are not sufficient in Canada. 53% of Canadian students think that it would be fairly easy or very easy to obtain a vaping product. This shows importance of restricting promotion and marketing on e-cigarettes. The federal government has introduced laws to ban lifestyle advertisement that would appeal to use, but... Still allows advertising of vaping products, and um, Health Canada is working on regulatory measures to limit where e-cigarette advertisement can be placed at point of sales, including online and public places. Um, importantly, there is growing call for many interested parties and organizations for provincial governments to include e-cigarettes in all of the current legislation and regulations that apply to tobacco, um, cigarette smoking.
0: I think what uh, uh, the clinicians, who are most of our our readers and listeners, uh, worry particularly about is how to approach the topic of e-cigarette use with their patients. Uh, What advice would you give to them? Echoing what FDA experts
1: say, no one should be using e-cigarette except perhaps a person who is using it instead of a cigarette. Um, we suggest to use the same brief intervention we use for cigarette smoking. First, ask all patients, especially adolescents and youth adults about vaping at every primary care appointment. If they said they vape, Define why they use, what they use, how they use it, and how they get it. Then advise them about the known risk of e-cigarette use. Uh, there is lack of understanding among use um, about addictive nature of nicotine and its health consequences. They should know that e-cigarette use in non-smokers increases the risk of uptake of cigarette smoking, and the fact that tobacco use is the leading cause of this and diseases in Canada. They should know that one part of joule is equivalent of nicotine in one pack of cigarettes and the fact that about 200 polyphys could be enough to become addicted to nicotine. Physicians should advise the users to refrain from using e-cigarettes, especially those containing THC and Anyone who uses vaping products should not buy them from informal sources and should not modify or add any substances to these products. If a patient is using e-cigarette in order to assist with them quitting tobacco, um, he or she should be counseled about the dual use of e-cigarette and cigarettes. Um, This patient should be assisted to quit tobacco first by defining a quit date and apply behavioral techniques then stop use of any vaping products vaping cessation could be challenging because uh there is no data on how to do it counseling could be an important role in vaping cessation like other dependency issues Um, but we can say that tapering of the use would be another option again uh, using both Uh, Vaping products and nicotine replacement therapy for vaping cessation is challenging. Uh, We cannot safely use these products. Uh, These products are not regulated and they are not medication. So quality of these products and titration will be an issue. Also, defining the starting dose of nicotine replacement therapy is an issue. Um, We do not know how much nicotine they get. Uh, Again, no one should be using e-cigarettes except a smoker who has tried all safe cessation tools and ended up using e-cigarettes instead of tobacco. Um, Even in this group, attempts should be made to quit e-cigarettes eventually.
0: Well, we've covered a lot of ground, and I I think this is a topic that is going to be of great interest for some time to come. So I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, share all this information with us and our our readers and listeners today. Uh, And thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I've been speaking with Dr. Mehdi Alouche, a third-year resident in public health and preventive medicine, including family medicine, at McMaster University. He is also doing a master's in epidemiology at McGill University. To read the practice article he co-authored, visit cmaj.ca. Also, don't forget to subscribe to CMAJ Podcasts on SoundCloud or a podcast app, and let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for CMHA. Thank you for listening.